All right, so here we go with the second episode of the Life in Football Conversations with Bongs. And uh, I have to say that after the first episode, the support was really, really amazing and very humbling as well. So now we've put the pressure on, so we have to keep it going. And I'm very delighted to say that in this second episode of the podcast, I have a man that is, uh, well, number one, he's an Arsenal fan. Number two, if you watch Premier League TV Fan Zone, you will know him definitely. And he's also a football in his own right. And I'm talking about Shakes. Shakes, good to have you. Oh, man, look, Bongs, thanks for having me on the show, uh, on your podcast. It's a pleasure. Um, I'm really happy you started this, for real. I have to mention that. I'm really happy you started this. And the support is really humbling, eh? It's, it's really, really humbling. I'm still... I'm still trying to, to, to get used to it and wrap my head around it. But we, we just have to keep on pushing the game and talking about the game, more especially in our country, and make sure that, you know, the issues that need to be discussed, we really talk about them. Uh, agreed, man. Agreed. I mean, the more, the more we have platforms talking about the game, the more people that are involved, the better, you know. Um, that's the whole thing in, in terms of having to sort of create your own platforms, create your own space to speak about the game. And the fact that there's more, I, I love it. So you starting this, absolutely is great. And anyone who knows you will know that you, you are a football man and you, you love football as well. Definitely, my man. So here's the thing about football now. We, the, the, the season ended about, I think, three weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. But the drama keeps going on. There's, there's no action on the field of play, but off it, the drama keeps coming. I mean, if we talk about fresh news, you must have heard about IX Cape Town and IX Amsterdam, that marriage coming to an end. IX Cape Town, we know as it, it, it has history in South African football. What do you make of IX Amsterdam deciding to sell their 50 per, 51% stake to Cape Town Stars? So now that means we no longer have Ajax Cape Town. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, honestly speaking, um, it's very sad. It's an end of an era, technically, and what people have been tweeting about. And, and Ajax Cape Town have brought so many stars into the game. You know, I've introduced so many players into the game, youngsters as well. You know, I go back yeah. to, I remember that one team that finished... Uh, I think it was level on points with Pirates or like one point behind with Pirates. And, and that team had a young George Malika, had a young, I think Willard Katsande was part of that team. Kamabiret was part of that team. Like people that we sort of idolize today, you know, and they've always had to produce quality players, the likes of Tulani Serora as well. Satwa, your guys, was there too. Tulani Satwa, who's going to Orlando Pirates now. So the fact that they're going to be demolished or they're going to be dissolved is kind of sad. And I think I saw a tweet from Villa speaking about the fact that it, it probably also has to do with the fact that they are playing in the Glad Africa Championship for like a few seasons now. And yeah, it's quite sad. The game needs I kept on back or at least needs a structure that bleeds in youth like that again in the top flight for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you talk about the players that they've produced. I can also think of one, John Obi Mikel. He never really stayed for that long, but he was once seen at Igamba one day, you know. So it goes to show that they really had an eye for talent. But I think if, if I read the statement, it said, Ex-Amsterdam were not happy about 
the lack of talent that they produce. As you've just said, they used to mm. produce amazing players and they haven't done that for quite some time now. And also from a financial point of view, it was no longer making business sense for them. So that's why they decided to do this. Yeah, no, I mean, it's from their side of things. If you do look at from Ike's Amsterdam side of things, you can't really blame them um, purely because of um, Ike's having to be part of Glad Africa Championship for a number of seasons now and have not been back in top flight. And as well as if you're looking at the number ratio of them being able to produce youngsters, it's not as, how do I put this? It's not as prominent as what it used to be. I mean, I know Grant Magaman is, he came out of there and he's going to Mamluri Sundowns. You know, it's not, the sa- it's not the same number when you look back at some of the teams that they produced before and the numbers that they used to produce them in. I mean, I was already talking about that team that went second, that finished second within the PSL. And they had so many players that were young at that time and in different positions. So the fact that um, they're not producing as much anymore, it's, uh, it's, it's quite sad. You have to understand where I Amsterdam is coming from, but from our side of things, it's, it's going to hurt us as well. Um, the marriage ending, it's definitely going to hurt us as well. Mm, that's very true. I mean, it's, it's Ike's Cape Town and just, just last week, it was Highlands Park, yeah. you know, and, and a few weeks before that, it was Bitvers Verts. Yeah. So it's really worrying and it's sad. And not only that, but it's heartbreaking as well, you know, for, for a South African football lover. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously we have the system here in South Africa where you can purchase a status. It's not really great news, especially considering the fact that with Vits, they were going to turn 100 years old. Um, had you just given them one more year within South African football, um, you look at even at Highlands Park, I was listening to an interview and Owen Dagam was also speaking about the fact that he just wishes that the players were protected. So it, it affects so many people, it affects so many lives, it affects players' futures as well. So it's for someone who loves the game and just the game, it hurts and it's not nice to see. Yeah, it really does. I mean, there's there's so many news that came out today, and you must have had this as well. Uh, we 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 got a statement from Dr. Petrus Mutsipe himself with regards to the Debuholangaman issue that took place uh, against Bloemfontein Celtic in the Netbank Cup final, where he was suspended, but he still made it to 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 the match day squad. Mm. So the chairman today came out. Uh, the president came out today and said. We apologize to everyone involved, but those that are responsible for this will definitely face the action. What, what do you make of, of that statement from the president? I mean, it's not an everyday thing where we get a statement from him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, when, when Peter Smutsupra comes out of the statement or, or speaks to the media, it's definitely something huge. The last time we actually saw him speak or say anything was when Peter Smutsupra uh, renewed his contract uh, and now the fact that he's come out of this and in, in all honesty even he knows and I think he will also admit that it was quite embarrassing for a club of sundowns of stature to have to have done a mistake like that and not even just that but for Peter to also after the game Peter Sumani was asked about it and he said he didn't know so obviously communication lines were missed and it cost the club dearly because I think now they have to pay a fine of of half a million rand, which is a lot, yeah. by the way, you know. So now, not only are they just celebrating winning the Netbank Cup, they have to pay this massive fine too. 
So the fact that he, he wants he wants to deal with it, he wants people to to explain, take responsibility. That's the type of man Peter Smutsupa is. He is the type to he deals with it and you can just tell he's embarrassed by this and he he wants to just be able to just sweep this out completely and, and keep the club moving forward because Sunnounce is technically moving forward in every other aspect. They are, they are. I mean if if, if you talk about their growth. Just just this past weekend, there was a statement coming through from from the northern parts of the continent, from Al Ahly, you know, the biggest club in African football, congratulating Mamelodi Sundowns for their achievement in winning a treble. But also, just to go back to the NetBank Cup game, in the post-match interviews, like Coach Pizzo was not, how can I put it? He didn't really look happy that they just won. So his body language was sort of suggesting that, hey, you know what? I know we are in trouble. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you're definitely right. I mean, I think even if I remember well, Tatum Ng was asking him to say, you don't seem very happy that you just won the NetBank Cup. And uh, you could just tell that I think they knew there was an error that they made. And, and there was a time when uh, Tabuka Langman was actually warming up to come on. And I think maybe someone must have communicated to say, hey, guys, look, something wrong must have happened here. And eventually he didn't manage to come on. So he knew something was wrong and you could see them in the, in the, in the, in the post-match interviews as well, that he was not really yeah. satisfied by it. And obviously the club must have spoken about it. And, and yeah, man, I mean, look, that's what I'm saying. Like they just won the treble. They got congratulated, like you said, um, by African counterparts as well. They're buying players. They're buying quality players, by the way. This is a club that's trying to dominate for the next five years. So to have to to have to do this is a bit of an error. So I, I can tell you now, it, it really felt embarrassing for the whole club and Pito himself included. Mm, indeed, indeed. I just want us to, to, to look at the season that was as far as the 2019-2020 the PSL season is concerned. I mean, a lot, a lot happened, yep. obviously. As, as, as it usually does with every season. But this was rather a strange season because of the COVID-19. Yeah. And there was a, what, four or five months break before the season was finished. But what did you make of the season as a whole in general where a, probably Orlando Pirates were expected to, to win the title after finishing second for two seasons in a row and finishing second to Mamelodi Sundowns just about the, the the season, what did you make of it? Yeah, no, the season was uh, was quite a bit of a, a trip. I think uh, I think I think there was a little bit of quality that the, the season could have had, but obviously, like you mentioned, um, the the COVID nineteen played a massive role. I think for the neutrals, it was great to sort of see the ending that was that that type of ending is not an ending that anybody foresees coming. So. The fact that it ended like that. And also, I think a, a massive positive from my side that I think what happened this season was there were so many goal scorers that were in double figures. So, Shaulile was on 16. Mango was on 16. Nerkovic was on 13. Khrobla was on 14, I think. So, the fact that the number of goals are picking up. So, usually before, maybe you'd find a striker would have, I don't know, I, I know Musonda had about 16. And then before him, it was 11. Then the other one was 9 or something. And then before that, it was Ramagalela and, and, and Dau on 11 only. So the fact that we have so many double-figured scorers scoring goals was good to see. 
Um, it was great to see. Obviously, the fans not taking a part in the last few games as well. That that must have that that really hurt some of the players too. But one thing I did see is when I saw the games without fans, you actually started to see players just focus on the game completely. So if I'm playing against Kaiser Chiefs and there's I don't know about twenty thousand or thirty thousand fans that are screaming Kaiser Chiefs. Then that sometimes can throw you off, but now because they are not there, you find that teams are just not distracted by the twelfth man, so they concentrated purely on the game entirely. So even teams like Baroka, uh, the way that they performed in the bubble, they were impressive for me. Um, Maritzburg United deserves a massive shout because I think they had an underrated season as well. I think Polokwane City they got what they they got what they deserved in terms of not being able to plan properly. Um, and Chipa survives again, you know, despite all the coach changes. So it's it was a good season. It, indeed, it was a good season. I mean, there's there's so much that you mentioned that I would love to to touch on, but because of time, I won't be able to touch on everything. But you talk about Kaiser Chiefs, and I I think in December almost everyone was convinced that you know what they are running away with it because they had a 13-point lead. Yeah. And then in Jan, or not rather in Jan, but yes, in Jan, they do come back and they lose to Amazulu. They lose to Super Sports United. They win in the derby. All of a sudden, you feel like just maybe, just maybe Mamelo de Sundowns has a, t- a chance to, to, to catch up with Keza Chiefs. But the thing is, with Mamelodi Sundowns, they were not necessarily playing their best football. Maybe that's why people felt, you know what, it's going back to the village now. But the Wolves came off at the end and Mamelodi Sundowns won the title. Do you think that with Kaiser Chiefs staying on top for so long and the departure of George Malulega, did it, did it disturb them somehow? Yeah. Uh, look, I think uh, I remember while well, I did put out a video to say that um, um, George Maleka will be missed. Uh, and, I, and I kept speaking to people on Twitter in terms of saying that he'll be missed because of the amount of, the amount of games that he was playing and the role that he was playing for Ernst Minendorp as well. Because he wasn't really, he wasn't creative, but he was someone who was sort of trying to help Katana in terms of breaking a play and getting the ball to the other, to the other side for Nurkovic and Castro and, and Billiard. So the fact that they lost him... I think that was a huge loss. And, and also, I think what also contributed a lot to, to Kiza Chiefs' failure to, to win the league was, I think there was a point. I remember the, which game was it? I think it was the, the Bloemfontein Celtic game that Kiza Chiefs played. And as well as the, the Stellenbosch game as well that they played during the bubble. And when I was watching those games, it, it almost felt like Chiefs were predictable. Like, you know, when you watch a game, Bongs, and you, you're sort of predicting what the team is going to do. And for the same time, they kept on putting the ball out to the wide and crossing it in, and the long balls, of course. And it, and it, was, it, was, it was really painful to see because it was like, wow, teams are starting to figure, figure him out. They're starting to figure how teams are playing. And it was like canceling the aerial balls, and you almost got the job half done. And that's where it hurt kids achieves in terms of trying to find a different way to approach games and all stuff. And that's 
that's the beauty about Sundowns that I just have to add as well is that Sundowns are capable of playing beautiful football like they did against Black Leopards and Bulogwani City and scoring the goals that they did. But Sundowns are also capable of we're going to score one against Chiefs and we're going to sit back. And it's and that's what they do because that's what the points that they needed. So I just felt Ernst up and Kaiser Chiefs were figured out. Yeah, because I remember I can't remember which game it was. I think it was probably Bloemfontein Celtic and the men of the game that they lost three one. Yeah, men of match went on to say, yeah, they play aerial balls, and once you deal with the aerial balls, you're basically done. You've won the game. Yeah, and it goes back. We just said now that teams knew how to plan for Chiefs, and it probably became easy for them to plan because they knew that okay, the ball is gonna go to the wide areas, and then they're going to whip in crosses. Once you deal with that, we have a chance. But let's talk about Mameludi Sundowns. I, 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 and I remember almost so many people on Twitter were saying, Sundowns are not playing their best football. Yeah. But still winning games. I, I, think, I think from what we've seen in the season that has just ended, and with the Mameludi Sundowns teams that have won the leagues in the past, they've played better football. They have. But still they to win. So, would you say that for them, playing in the CAF Champions League, they've learned how to manage a game, and they also know how to win dirty. Like, just just scrap out a result. All you need is three points, and they managed to do that. Would you say it goes back to their participation in the CAF Champions League? Oh, to, like, to be honest, Bongs, you took the words out of my mouth. I think, uh, I think that's the thing. I've always... I've, the reason why I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm also a huge fan of Pitonsman and I'm a huge fan of, of, of Mamluri Sanons in the way that they, they go about their business and wanting to play within the CAF competitions and do really well. And I think people underestimate what good it does playing in that competition. You know, not only is it just exposure, but you're also playing up, up against quality opponents. You know, we're playing against the best in Egypt and the best in Morocco and the best in Tunisia and all that stuff. And, and, yeah. People mustn't underestimate it when Peter Money always says the CAF Champions League experience. I think you're right. They know how to win games in different kinds of ways. I think there was a time when they played against Supersport. I'm not sure if it was a league or it was a cup game. I think they won 1-0 only. But I tell you, they scored the goal and they managed the game well. They kept the ball rolling. They were passing it to one another. And, it, and, and for some reason, Supersport couldn't get the ball off them, for example. But like you said... Um, I really wish, personally, for me, I wish there were more teams that were playing in CAF and also because of the experience that you get and how you be able to become more tougher and more durable. And the fact that we have players going abroad. Like, people forget that Keegan Dolly is in France and Zungu is in France and Pesitao is in Belgium now on loan from Brighton. You know, that's from playing in those competitions when they won the CAF Champions League in 2016. When was it? 2016, I think. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, but that's that's the experience that they got and playing at the Club World Cup as well and them eventually making moves. So don't underestimate him saying playing in CAF and what they learned from it. Yeah, no. And and here's the thing. We, Mamelodi Sundowns have won the title for the past three seasons. Yeah. Successive. The only other team to do that was Super Sports United. Yep. And the thing is, there was a time when we thought, okay, now Orlando Pirates is the team that will sort of knock off Sundowns off, off the patch. But 
they couldn't do it. So now, is this good for South African football where we have the same team winning the title like in, I don't know, in a number of successive years? Not to say it's bad for Sundowns, it's good for them, Mm. but for South African football in general, is it good where we now almost have a league that is almost like a Serie A where Juventus have been winning for God knows how long? Mm -hmm. Is it good for African football to have a league that is like that? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, obviously, it's that's not good to have a league where you sort of can predict who's going to win the league from the from the first game as well. Obviously, you would want different types of winners to win. Like, you know, when Vitz won it, it was great. When Supersport won it, it was great. When Chiefs won it, when Pirates won it, that was great too. But I think also one thing you have to do as well is you have to applaud Sundowns. Like, it's... it's look, man, I... I you have to applaud Sanons because of how ambitious the whole club is, from the coach to to the chairman to the players as well. If you're trying to compete with them, you have to, you just have to compete with them. So they are trying to win every single thing and they're trying to be as dominant as ever. And for example, let's say a good example would be when Orlando Pirates finished twice, when they finished second behind Mamluk um, Sanons twice in a row. The biggest problem London Pirates had in those two seasons were they were conceding goals. And they were scoring goals, but they were conceding goals as well. And I was thinking to myself, for example, why didn't the Tulani Chatoya deal happen much sooner than that? Because I think everybody yeah. saw that they were conceding too many goals. And whereas with KZ Chiefs as well, it was a thing of, well, they were not able to sort of change up their game in order to win it. Because here's the sad reality, Bonds, is that 20 years from now, when people ask me, or let's say if I have kids and my kids ask me, so that in 2020, why wasn't why wasn't Kaiser Chiefs able to win the league? Imagine me telling my son or my daughter to say, we didn't Kaiser Chiefs didn't win the league because they were not able to beat Baraka, who was fighting relegation. Like they had one job to do and they didn't do it. You know, and unfortunately it's because he was figured out. And it's not great to see, obviously, it's not great for a league, for a team to be winning, one team to be winning every single year, but if you're going to try and compete with Sundowns, you must compete on all fronts. You have to compete on all fronts. You must get in the players that you need. You must get the coaching stuff that you need. You must plan as well as they do as well, and that's the credit you have to give them. Hence why maybe Bayern is always on top, because they're always planning well. They get Goretzka from Schalke. They get Sane from Manchester City. They're always trying to always better themselves, and that is what Sundowns is doing, and if 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 the other teams want to get back to the promised land, you just have to compete at that level. Yeah, that's very true. And I mean, with you talk about planning, and we've seen, and it, it's something that we're going we're going to continue to see until November because that yeah. is when the window shuts. We've seen Orlando Pirates already. They've made four signings with Kaiser mm-hmm. Chiefs. We don't know if they'll be able to sign players. Yeah, but we've heard that. Plenty is training with them, so clearly, if if they are if they are ban is overturned, it means they will sign him. But with the signings that are being made so far, do you think that maybe we could have a different champion in the DSTV Premiership next season? I I gotta be I have to be honest and say, look, I think I think firstly I think Orlando Pirates have signed well with getting to Lantra. I I personally wanted him there much sooner than he actually got there. 
but he is there and it's obviously going to show up the defense i have mentioned before in my videos that he is definitely going to improve the defense and the whole team i think john hotto as well is going to provide good competition for Lorch and Pule, where every time Pirates played, you almost knew that like it's going to be the both of them if they fully fit. That one's going to play on the left, that one's going to play on the right. But uh, i got to be honest with you, Bongs, I can't ignore what Sanon is doing, man. And they, they're being ruthless and they are getting all the quality that they can get. And that's because they've got the financial muscle and they've got the resources. And unfortunately, if you have those resources, they're going to use them. And they're buying a lot of quality. They got Shaulile, um, they got Mvala, they got Mutupa, they got Domingo, they got, you know, it just rolls on, even Ricardo Goss as well. And honestly speaking, if I'm to be very objective, so far, I only see one winner. But I think what will be crucial is if how, um, how do I put this, how Petron's money integrates the whole team. That'll be very crucial. But so far, in terms of the signings that I've seen, I, I, I can't see anyone else than Sundowns winning it at the moment. So I'm, I'm going to put you on the spotlight just like I did with Sne. So yeah. if, if you were to give me your top four for next season, or rather your top three, <laughs> those that will be representing us in the KEF competitions, who are they going to be? I, I think I think Sundowns is number one uh, purely because of the players that they've signed and that technical team, man. Mangomangniti, Roland Mukwena, and Buton Sumane. I mean, yes, those are three brains working together and having all that quality. I think second place, it should be. It should be Orlando Pirates. It should be. I think they they can score goals when they want to. I know there was a period where they went six games without scoring and Mongo was not scoring as well, but they can score goals if they want to. They can be exciting if they want to. And I think Tlatoyo is definitely a huge piece to them stop stopping to conceding goals. Um, and, and also Hoto as well is going to help out with a lot of assists and goals. The third place, I'm going to have to give it to Keza Chiefs. Because number one, even if they don't sign players, I think there's still a good bunch that Gavin Hunt has to work with. Um, if you look at Kamabiliat and Manyama and Nurkovic and Cardozo uh, uh, as well has improved as well. So, and plus it's Gavin Hunt. He's won four league titles. He's won cups. You know, so he knows the know-how of how to win games. So even if they're not able to sign players, I probably would say first is Sundown, second is Pirates, third is Kaiser Chiefs. And if you want a fourth, a fourth to happen, I would give it to Supersport purely because of um, they've got Krobla who's scoring goals um, and looks like he's going to stay. I haven't seen any rumors regarding him. Modiba might leave for sure, but also they've got the two midfield players and uh, Tebuho Mokwenen as well as Sipombuli as well. So I, I think, I think Supersport might be fourth. Mm, very interesting. I think, I think just, just like I said to Sne. We'll come back to your predictions probably <laughs> next season to see who who predicted correctly, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'll ask you in private or who do you think is <laughs> going to be top four so that I can come back to your predictions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do that and I'll let you know what I think. But I think for me, it's very, it's very difficult to... Yes, it's nice to predict, but it's also very difficult to... To, to make your predictions before you see the teams in action. And that will give you an idea of 
where things might go at the end of the season. But hey, well, yeah. glad that the spotlight is not on me. So yeah, <laughs> no doubt your your spotlight is coming. Don't 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 get that twisted. Your spotlight is I'll, coming. I'll wait for it. <laughs> no and problem, then, man. We we mentioned Kaiser Chiefs, and obviously, yeah. there's no way that we'll just talk past that as if we we didn't talk about them. Yes, they. In a way, I don't know how you would describe their season. It was, was it an epic failure? Was it, was it an almost success? Because you look at the season before, they finished ninth. They didn't even make the MTN A. Yeah. And then the following season, they miss out with just 19 minutes to go before the end of the season. Obviously, they sacked the coach and the assistant coach mm. in came Kevin Hunt with two men that are very experienced. They know South African football yeah. very well. Adabane as well as uh, Dylan Shepard. Yeah. What, what do you make of that appointment and how much pressure are they under? Because just after a season of almost winning it, surely the pressure will be even higher to say, let's just go one step closer next season. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously for me personally... I actually don't give Kaiser Chiefs a great rating on last season. I, I know they finished second. I know they improved from ninth place. But people have to also get the context as well. Like, context is, is everything. If you, a team that was on top for that long, a team that had a goal gap, I mean, goal, dif, not goal difference, I mean, points difference, that much. Like, they had a huge gap difference at some point. Um, and to be that top that long, I mean, it's it's... Let's be honest, man. It's not nice to one day say this team was on top for over 200 days and then that one was on top for one day, but it just happens to be the one that was on top for one day that won the league. So, and and, and also context in terms of it was Barocca. It wasn't Super Sport. It wasn't Vitz. It wasn't, I don't know, Pirates. It wasn't Sundowns. All you had to do was get three points from Barocca and you couldn't even do that. And you took the lead as well you took the lead you know you got knocked out out of the netbank cup you got knocked out of the telecom knockout as well it's it's I, I i think for me because of context i don't think it's a failure i'll probably give them maybe uh, maybe 64 percent out of 100 in terms of the appointment of of gavin hunt i think case chiefs had to get gavin hunt because of everybody knows his history within south african football they know how much he's won they know what he's done and if Kansas Chiefs didn't go that route, people were going to be very interested to see which way they were going to go. And that manager, whoever it was, was going to be under massive pressure. Then there's also getting in Dylan Shepard and as well as uh, Zwan. I think obviously Dylan Shepard is influenced by the fact that Kevin Hunt worked with him before. And then Atazwane, I mean, he's a fan favorite. I mean, me personally, he is my favorite my favorite Kansas Chiefs player of all time for me, uh, purely because of just what he gave to the game, the commitment, and as well as he was part of the MDC team, um, working part of the MDC yeah. teams that had Novo and Masiane and all those players. So I get why they also roped him in. The key thing that must happen now, Bongs, is if Kansas Chiefs are banned from buying players or registering players, it's very key that the fans do not put them under that much pressure because they have to work with what they have, they have. But if they're able to buy players, then I think, yeah, then then the pressure will probably be remaining as, as Kansas Chiefs. But 
Obviously, Gavinant deserves time, and especially if he doesn't get chance to buy players, because the Chiefs fans must relax. And give him an opportunity to, to work with what he has. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly. It's almost that feeling of like, remember when, remember when, when Manchester City appointed Pep Guardiola? And Manchester United was, were under so much pressure that they went to Jose. Yes, the Jose thing didn't work out. But it was a thing of like, they went for Joseph, who's a proven winner. And by the way, he did win stuff at, at, at Manchester United. But obviously, they were not, they were not too much a fan of the, the style of play and the way he was throwing maybe some players under the bus. But the fact that Kelly Chiefs went with Kevin Hunt, they went with a proven winner and they had to go this route because next year's six years without winning anything. You know, and this is Kelly Chiefs we're talking about. The supposedly, what did Sinatra say? The supposedly cup kings. Of the country, yeah. you know, and they're, and they're going six years without winning anything. So they had to go Gavin Hunt and we, Kaiser Chiefs must, I mean, the Kaiser Chiefs fans must give Gavin Hunt time. Yeah, I, th- I think that's one thing that uh, Gavin Hunt will be hoping for from the fans because no disrespect to Super Sports United, no disrespect to Bitvest, Rokaswa, yeah. the teams that he, he managed in the past. But Kaiser Chiefs is a different animal, you know, as soon no as doubt. You know that the pressure here is different as compared to all the other clubs that he's been in charge of. You know, I no doubt you. You're certainly right about that. The pressure is is incredibly different when it comes to Kaiser Chiefs. I mean, we saw that with uh, even the time that Steve Gombella was at the club. Eventually, when it went three years, um, the, the the supporters were not happy. And and there's a lot more pressure here because of the club that it is. We have to give credit to what Kizam Town has built in terms of the fans and loving it. And they're such a they're such a great club in terms of the relationship they have with the fans too. Um, the followers that they have on social media. Kizam Chiefs tweets about anything and it trends. Anything. They 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 tweet about a player who's training with them and it becomes news. You know, so um, definitely it's a different ball game. If the transfer ban stands, I just think fans must just be patient for just one more season. And then the following season, yes, then you can probably expect what you do expect from Gavanagh to do what he needs to get. We still also have to get way to a point that it, it eventually becomes his team. And I think also because of the fact that Swiss Atlantis is training with them. And if the transfer ban is off, he's probably going to eventually sign. And that's already a Gavin Hunt signing. And you can understand why he's he's signing with him because he's worked with him, he's won stuff with him. So we have to also wait till it becomes a Kevin Hunt team as well. Mm. So so how how important do you think the young lads from the MDC, Mashiane, Nobo, Evans Farmer, who has given an opportunity towards the end of the season, how how important will they be should the band stand? Because I think that's that's the only way they will add new players, if you may put it like that, to the first team. Mm. Oh no, they'll they'll be incredibly important. They'll be so important. I think also Nobo as well. I think you know that's another thing is that if the transfer ban does stick, I think it is a big season for them. It's a season for them to sort of stand up and be counted in some sort of a way. And plus, it's a new coach, a new coach as well. You know, a new coach yeah. as well. I I doubt. Gavinant is going to always be playing the Castro and the Nukovic up front. So even Safama might just get chances and he must just take them. You know, he must take them more as well. He performed well the one, the one game that he did play um, in the bio bubble. 
So even him, it's a big season for him too. These youngsters have to eventually at some point be playing regularly and putting, you would say, the senior players under pressure to also keep performing too. So big season. Mashiane, he's obviously been, he's had his injury troubles. Hopefully he yeah. does get over them because I also do feel like Keza Chiefs need a left back, like a consistent one. Not the, it's Sussman this week, Zulu the other week. Then it's TNT the other week or something. They need a solid left back who's going to play all the time. And the last one we had, the last one Chiefs had was Tsepo Masilela, you'd say. So they need a solid left back who's going to play constantly in and out. And I think it's a big season for them, no doubt. I think the youngsters, they will be crucial. They will be, but they, they must also grab the opportunities as well. Yeah. So, Shakes, you gave me you gave me your top four for next season. You yeah. Give me your bottom my bottom two. Yeah. Okay, this one's gonna be interesting. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Know, see. Just I don't know, maybe if you'll share the same sentiments as Usne, but um she said swallows will probably be there as well. And I was I was I was quite surprised given yeah. the the type of business that they, they are doing in the transfer window right now. Yeah. But hey man. You never know. It's football. Anything can happen. So, who who would you put in the bottom two? Yeah, I, I think yo, I think uh, Swallows, I like the business that they're doing. All the signings that they're making just make sense. I put out a video as well speaking about that too. Um, just yeah. the signings that they've brought in. And also, Brendan Truth as well has done really well um, to, to sort of gain promotion for Swallows too. I don't see them in my bottom two actually. But one of the teams that I'm if you say bottom two, it always pops up in my mind and I'm like trying to get it out. And obviously I'm not trying to wish bad on anyone, but Chakuma, man, I don't know, man. I'm not, there's something about TTM that I'm just like, mm, I don't know. You know, I mean, obviously their performances in the, in the relegation playoffs was, I think statistically was the worst or one of the worst that the that the teams performed in the goals that they were leaking. And obviously, they're going to have a new team. They've already bought Maniesa and as well as uh, uh, Joseph Mulungwane as well. But I just feel like, I don't know who the coach is even. You know, whereas you look at the TS Galaxy, they already have the players that they want. They already have a coach that's there. And then you just look at Chakuma and Swallows. They've already buying the players that they want. They already have a coach there. Chakuma, it's like, who's the coach next season? Who's the guy to take them forward? I don't know. So with them, it's a thing of I just feel like they're going to be in the bottom two. The second team that will probably be in the bottom two, I think Dylan Kerr needs to strengthen with Baraka. But because Dylan Kerr is such a tactician, I think he'll be able to keep them up. Uh, Black Leopards obviously just got a new coach. Um, yeah. So it will be interesting to see where they go. Um, I think they might be one of the contenders to be in the bottom two, uh, purely because I, I don't know, man. It's it's black leopards are always there for some reason. They're always like in and about fighting there. So I would probably would say one is Chakuma, two oh, black leopards. I'm sorry, I'd, I'd probably would say black leopards. So the, the the Limpopo province is gonna lose another team in the top flight. That's well. The, the, that that property might play relegation playoffs again and win it again. I just know maybe they might just be 15th. That's for sure. So, would they go down? They could definitely, and they could also win the relegation playoffs for sure. Yeah. 
but you know uh I, I don't know if it's because as i was watching the playoffs i was thinking to myself do the ttm players really really care about these games because i mean they were playing knowing that we'll be playing in in the in the premiership next season yeah it really matter we no lose here so uh is is it really fair to say because of the way they played in the playoffs they might just or maybe they are not as convincing if if we're to be very honest their performance would suggest that maybe they didn't put that much effort into it and when i say that i'm talking about i mean there was one game they lost like 5-1 to ix i think and you're just like yeah. the, the defending was not so great so if you're looking at based on performance, you probably would say that. I would like to hope that they would go into every game wanting to win it as well. And then also there was the congratulation tweets that they were putting out. And I was just like, what's going on? You know, I, I, I don't understand. A team is losing and they're congratulating other teams for winning. I don't, I don't understand that. So obviously they playing next season. They didn't have a great relegation playoffs. So... That's why I pick them to be probably bottom two because I'm just trying to figure out where are they going, who's coming in next, the signings. It's only been two signings and two signings that have been injury prone, by the way. You know, Opa Menyesa and, and Molongwane, when last did they ever play a, a full season? Molongwane obviously had that horrific injury and then I've, as well as Opa Menyesa too, but they haven't played full seasons in a long time. So... That's 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 why I worry for for TTM as well. Yeah, it will definitely be interesting to see how how their season goes. But hey, shakes man, look, I know you're gonna kill me, so I won't keep you for long because you wanna go watch us. <laughs> um, you can keep me here, man. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so just just away from the season itself and the football, well, not rather the football, but playing the field with shakes. Yeah, you know. Where where does the idea come from, and where where do you want to see it eventually? Yeah, no, I'm um, strange enough. It's a it's a crazy story. I uh, it's a crazy story. So years ago, I think in 2017, um, I was chilling with my brother, who's a, people know him as Shabzi Medallion. Um, so I was chilling with him, and and it was a family thing and all that stuff. And he mentioned to me, he said, "Dude, like." Straight up, this is what he said to me. He said, you watch too much football. You know too much stuff to just keep it with you. And there's something you have to do with that. So I was like, okay, I don't know what he means by that. And he says, just take your phone, record yourself talking about the game and post it. And it was just as simple as that. And I was scared, obviously, at the start because I was like, what what are people going to say? What if me? I don't know this. What is that? I don't know. And all that stuff. And obviously, I had to trust myself. And eventually, that's where the whole idea of playing the field with chicks came from. Um, just posting videos, recording them, uh, doing it by myself as well. Um, I remember the one time I had that one Kids Chiefs video that went, it went, uh, the first one, I think it was 5,000 views, where, I was, where they lost to Chipper United that year. Yeah. Um, and when it went crazy, that's when I got the information, the confirmation to say, okay, um, there's people who like what I say and how I say it and, and probably I need to keep going and bettering myself. And obviously I, I have to give credit to my support system 
um, my siblings, my parents, my girlfriend, they are, they're so supportive, man. Like if I, if you, yo, I wish I could talk about these people on a bigger platform one day because of how much support they give me and they push me and they keep on telling me, dude, you're the best, keep doing it, you know? So that's where the whole idea came from. My brother told me, just take a phone, record yourself, talk about the game, do what you do best. And from there on, it's been one after the next. Um, and it's been successful. It's been great. And I'm really grateful. Mm. No, man, really keep keep going. I mean, as, as you said at the top of the show, that we need more people talking about the game. And you are really doing that. I mean, I know that on a, on a weekend or when there's midweek fixtures, I know that at halftime, when I log on to Twitter, <laughs> I'll see him and he'll be telling me, he'll be giving me his thoughts on how the first half went. <laughs> Same thing when, when it's full time. And, and it's good, you know, because uh, sometimes it's, 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 it's good to hear it from someone who's rather not on a, uh, on a bigger platform, you know, like mm. your super the PC sports. Because mm. sometimes the fans that are watching the game have different views to what the analysts on TV have to say. So yes. it's really refreshing. It's really refreshing, man. So keep going. And I wish you all the best in that. And yeah, man, it was the same as I said to Sneed, this is only part one. We'll come back and we'll, we'll talk about more because there's always plenty to talk about. Look, Looking forward to it, man. Look, I really appreciate... The support bongs. I think obviously I've seen you on Twitter. You, yeah, you love football, man, and you're very supportive with the likes and the retweets that you give to people and the comments that you do. And I, I hope this grows. Like I, I hope you hear me out when I say, keep pushing this thing that you got started. It's yours. Keep it. It's yours. Um, and keep pushing it. Keep growing it. Keep the the content going and all that stuff. And I'm telling you, before you know it. Uh, conversations with bongs or football conversations with bongs will be something massive but keep it going and keep pushing and thank you so much for inviting me man thanks a lot man and all the best with arsenal okay oh of course of course three one arsenal let's go oh no problem man take care man thanks man cheers cheers man